podcast from First United Methodist Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at either 8.30 or 11 o'clock a.m. at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. And now, may you be blessed as we give our attention to the reading of God's Word. Teaching some disciples of his, and uh, there had been some other rabbis who had gathered, and things had gotten contentious. Ever been in a contentious kind of meeting? Um, rabbis train their students to actually argue with them, to question and challenge them. And in our society, to question a teacher is, is disrespectful. It's rude. You wouldn't do that. Not so in Jewish circles. That was how you grew, was to ask questions, to challenge, to engage the scriptures and the ways of God. But this gathering, it had um, higher than normal emotions, uh, and there was name-calling, and it was ugly, and the rabbi was tired, and he was worn out as a result, and he had a long journey ahead of him, so he decided to cut out early at, at, after the lunch break. <laughs> um, and he started to, to go home, and as he walked, he chewed on all that was shared and all that was argued over, and his heart was burdened by the talk, and it was burdened by the behaviors that he witnessed, and he was lost in his own thoughts, and, and over time, he didn't notice that, that dusk had started to settle in, and, and while that occurred, he took a wrong turn in the fork in the road. Now, this was weird for him because he had taken this path hundreds of times before, and he had never gone left. He had always gone right. And as he walked and as the darkness began to deepen, he was startled by this voice. Who are you? What are you here for? Imagine hearing that in the middle of the night. The rabbi realized very quickly that he was in an unfamiliar place, and his mind began racing, trying to grab um, some sign, some grounding of where he was. And he st- had he taken that left? That's not good. There's a Roman garrison to the left. Panic starts to, to set in to this rabbi. And again, Jew, who are you? What are you here for? question shoots out again. But this time, rather than panic, the rabbi, um, the question goes deeper than was the intent. He, He shouts back to the voice, I'm lost and I will turn around. But I must ask, how much do you get paid to ask this question? Bold rabbi. And the voice responds, I am paid one day's wage for every three days of work. And the rabbi responds to him, I will double your pay if you will come home and ask me that same question at my door every morning. Who am I? What am I here for? The rabbi had gotten lost in a a world of debate and arguing and noise, and the question that he needed at that moment in order to regain something at his core that was being lost, he needed this question that was an identity question, an identity that is rooted in more. 
Um, I have this little tree up here on, uh, to my right, and I bought it specifically for this Lenten season. Let's see if I can keep it alive, right? <laughs> it's called a money tree, and I'm really hoping it's going to be fruitful. Um, the care for this little tree, according to the little thing that was in there, is to finely mist it occasionally, and then every two weeks give it this indoor plant food. I think I can handle that. But I'm also supposed to keep it away from direct light. What happens if I don't do those things? Well, too much sun, it's going to scorch it. Not enough water, it's going to dry up. Too much water, it's going to drown. Not any food, it's going to be hungry. Sounds like Ollie. If I forget to do this, what, the, the, the leaves will wither and fall, the roots will dry up, and the part that we see will die. Um, you and I have roots that run deep into who we are. Some of those roots have produced some characteristics and some behaviors that are part of who we are. Sometimes these are very good. Sometimes not so good. Some of those behaviors and choices, they need to end, Right? But that's often harder to do than it is to just say. So during this Lenten season, I want to invite us to focus on identity, to focus on our roots, to explore rooted wounds that we might be carrying, wounds that show up in behaviors. And I hope that as we do this, we're going to uncover places where I really think that the Lord wants to invite us to break through, where we can find some healing. Sound good to you? Again, I kind of need it. No one is exempt from the wounds of this life. And, and it's from these wounds, the, the, the created patterns of behaviors, ones that we know, ones that we don't, kind of start to live out in our lives. Sometimes after we meet Jesus, uh, we're more aware of these patterns and these behaviors, but we can't find freedom from them. To echo Paul, he says, I do the things I don't want to do and I can't seem to do the things I want to do. Wretched man that I am. Paul is struggling with sins that he just can't seem to break. And, and not occasional slip-ups. Not he hit his thumb with a hammer and said a dirty word. But other things. Brokenness that continues on and on that says, well, freedom, that's just a mirage. Ongoing behaviors that get played out in a million different ways. And you all know that in our culture, talking about sin is taboo, right? Nobody wants to do that. That's, get the eebie-jeebies. I hear from every generation that I get to minister to that says, Jim, you know, we shouldn't talk about sin because that's judgment. And God says, don't judge. It's between God and that person. It's God and me. Well, even that phrase, quite frankly, is a wound. Uh, it's, it's also unbiblical, and it's a lie from the enemy. Um, you and I have sins that are meant to be dealt with, to be judged. Can we just really be clear about that? Um, it, it, not just in glory that is to come, but today. God wants to free you from some wounds and some patterns that you might be carrying. Um, tonight, we're going to talk about one wound that ends up um, with what Thomas Aquinas calls the queen of all vices. But before, I want to tell you a story, another story. Can I do that? Um, I want to tell you a story about a wound. When I was growing up, I had an uncle who loved to tell one story over and over and over again. And you have any uncles like that? If you don't, then you are that uncle. 
The rest of the family got sick and still sick of hearing the story. Uh, when he was a kid, he was an athlete, he was a ball player, and one day in Little League baseball game, he hit a, a ground ball and it went under, just at the fence where the, the, the right fielder couldn't find the ball. And it gave my uncle the opportunity to scoot all the way around and he was able to score an infield home run. In the park home run. And he was ecstatic. It was his first home run. And he goes home and he runs and he flings open the door and he runs up to my grandpa and he says, I hit a home run. And the response that he tells he got was, well, why wasn't it two? Now, my mom swears that her dad probably said that as a tease and then probably praised my uncle afterwards, but that's not what my uncle heard. And from that day on, he did everything that he could to outdo everybody else. Sometimes that was good, a lot of times not so good. Um, it caused a scar in his very being. It was a wound that affected his soul and really it affected a good deal of his life. My uncle was young and he was impressionable and he didn't have a faith system like you all do. A, a, a place that could come together and combat that kind of wound. But he not only took on that, he let that wound define him. Even to this day. The wound that he took that day was the wound called abandonment. The wound of abandonment. He felt isolated and alone and not good enough. And that abandonment festered into a sense of of feeling unprotected and lost. And abandonment can produce this sense that we're in this dark, empty hole all by ourselves and nothing and no one can help us out of it. Abandonment, isolation, loneliness, loss. It's one of the worst wounds that a soul can endure. It's also one that every one of us in this room have had to face. Maybe not to the degree of my uncle, but we all have had to face abandonment. What happens when this wound roots into our soul is a behavior that might seem contradictory. Um, the recurring pattern or the vice that grows from the wound of abandonment is pride. Say that word with me. Pride. Now, pride, when I say this, I don't mean this feeling of satisfaction that happens after you've accomplished something. I'm not talking about confidence or self-respect. Those are all good things. I'm talking about the pride that is the love of, of your own excellence. That's what Thomas Aquinas called it. Uh, it's an ego run amok. Um, the wound of abandonment gives way to a pride that, that, that deepens, it, it turns into this almost comical self-reliance kind of thing. One that says, no matter what, don't trust, don't trust anyone for anything, you have to do it yourself. It's a pride that has to self-promote in order to make the loneliness go away. It, it's a, it offers a narcissism that creates this illusion of greatness. This wound, this vice together says that God can't be trusted, that the, the promises that he will never leave us or forsake us, they're empty promises. This wound says that God can't be trusted with my finances or my relationships or with my church, and that includes the United Methodist Church, or with my children or with my marriage. 
And it exposes this belief that says, God isn't really capable of helping me. Or even worse, God doesn't want the best for me. It confuses the God-given gifts and graces that we've been given as things that I develop and I perfect and I do on my own. My, my uncle has had times in life where all of these live and breathe and have their being. And it's painful to be a part of. A lot of those patterns and that wound has left a trail of struggle and hurt. Sometimes his work as a pastor in the church has been rewarded because he's prettied it up. It's easy to pick on my uncle, but can I share a secret? Because it's the queen of all vices and because every human faces this wound to some degree, we all need healing and we all need something to take its place. Every one of us. If we're honest, we know that we have a need for the healing of the wound of abandonment. A few of us may even have the courage to verbalize our, our vice of pride self-reliance and self-promotion and narcissism that goes with it. But where do we get the healing from? Well, first, it's from Jesus. There's no cure, there's no spray that I can give you to take away your wound of abandonment or your pride. <laughs> but there is a salve for this wound. It's called being connected connectedness. It, it's being with others who will remind you of your identity, of who you are. And, and, and what it takes is this virtue of humility. Ooh, who likes that? The choice to see ourselves for who we truly are. And this is really important. To know uh, who we are is not to think lightly of ourselves. Humility isn't, ooh. That's actually the shadow side of pride. When you said yes to Jesus, you were reborn. You were adopted, grafted into the family of God. You aren't just some abstract uh, child of a creator God. You are the son and daughter of the Trinity. You are so precious that the Father sent the Son to repair the damage that you and I did to keep us wounded. You are filled with the very energy that hovered over the darkness and over the, the chaos of creation, the God's Spirit. You have a new identity. You aren't isolated. You're wanted. You have no, you're not a crummy sinner. You're forgiven. You're restored. You're righteous. You're heir to the throne of heaven. This is an identity that God has for you. The choice, of course, is whether we will own it and live it or not. But when we do, through the presence of the Spirit, we find that healing from abandonment and we find that, that, that sin of pride, that ego run amok, gets checked. I don't know why you came tonight. I'm not sure if you think that you have a wound or you have a vice like this that you might carry. It may, uh, it may be that you're going, uh, oh, Jim, great, self-help, Lent, wonderful, mm, no, it may, uh, it, it may not show in your life the way that it did in my uncle's, as I've described it, but pride doesn't have to be loud and obnoxious. It can be quiet. It can be a refusing to believe that God sees you as anything more than just a failure. 
That's pride too. Tonight, as we begin the season, I want to invite us to take up our true identity. As we come forward in a little bit and we um, confess our sins and we take ash upon our, our forehead or on our hands, I, I want to, you to know that this is a marking for you. This is a marking of who you are, of your identity. You are the beloved child of God. You have an opportunity to be connected to a family that wants the best for you. You have the ability to let pride that kind of gets in the way, self-promotion and self-reliance and all this other stuff, you have an opportunity to let it go and seek and know God's healing. You matter so much more than what you just end up doing. God loves you, not your behaviors. And I pray that as you begin this season, as we begin this season together, we will know the truth. And over the next 40 days, that truth of who you are, what are you doing here, will bring great freedom. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you. We thank you for this night. And we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to journey into the roots of our being, to explore our wounds, not, to, not just to, to be weird, macabre, but to know that you're still the same God who's offering healing. And so, Lord, where we might feel abandonment, lost, isolated, or alone, Maybe like a wanderer who took the wrong turn at the fork in the road. Would tonight be a time where we would hear, who are you? Well, I'm a son, I'm a daughter of the God of heaven. What am I here for? I'm here, I'm here to share the family business. Lord, Hear our prayer. Use this season, we pray. In the name of Jesus, amen.